Hello, everybody. Uh, hope you're out there. We just tried to start our webinar. Um, and if you have subscribed, we wanted to let you know we're having technical difficulties on this side. So uh, just bear with us. Uh, Susan's running around trying to get our uh, web guy on the phone. <laughs> so, uh, but we will do this one uh, together on Facebook Live while they're panicking and getting things done. It's a, it's a lot of work on the backside to try to get these things done. Uh, I think our web guy uh, actually set it up to start in October the 23rd instead of September the 25th. So uh, we, she's called trying to get a hold of him. Of course, I think in his, he lives in Texas, so it's probably eight o'clock there. Uh, so we'll try to work that out. I think people were trying to log on and I was kept looking at the uh, attendance to see if everybody was able to be on and uh, people were having difficulties. It's because the, uh, he said it too late. So bear with us if you can, but we'll, we'll start this one on, on uh, this Facebook just so that everybody can have it. Cause uh, this is an important one just to kind of start off with. And, uh, and it's so, so funny how we have all this warfare starting new things. And I mean, anytime you start a new thing, there's always warfare in your mind. Uh, there's always seems something to go wrong, you know, but when everything goes wrong, it means God's doing things all right. And, uh, sometimes you have to roll with the punches, you know, and those punches sometimes, you know, are tough, but, uh, if you start understanding that it's the Lord, uh, that's allowing this stuff to happen, uh, you can kind of, you know, settle your spirit and really start looking for Jesus instead of looking at trying to how to control the chaos. Because if you're trying to control the chaos, you'll never hear the Lord. So uh, anyway, uh, I wanted to share some things on uh, walking in the spirit. And uh, I want you to, if you do have your Bibles, uh, I want you to turn over to John 7, 37. And uh, we're going to read one scripture that is going to uh, be the foundation of what we're going to be talking about in these next few months on walking in the spirit. You know, I, I remember uh, being baptized in the spirit. I remember the spirit of God coming upon me when I was a child. Uh, there's several times uh, in my life where I have felt uh, almost panicky. I've felt I've gone through dire straits times in my life. Even when I was younger, I, I remember uh, being scared and then the Holy Spirit, this peace come upon upon me and uh, I become peaceful. And we need the Spirit of God. And uh, a lot of people, you know, in this earth uh, aren't walking with him. A lot of people, you know, proclaim the Lord's name and uh, say that they're a Christian and but yet don't walk with him. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people out there now that are wanting to truly walk with Jesus. But uh, the thing about it is, you know, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And that doesn't mean you just hear his voice. That means we obey his voice. There's a lot of people that, that, that can hear him, but don't actually walk with him and or do not do the things that the shepherd tells us to do or go where the shepherd tells us to go. 
those are the, you know, those are the types of people that really do not hear his voice. It's those people that may hear his voice, but do not do anything according to what his voice says to do. And we want to do it. We want to walk with the spirit. We want to, uh, do the things Jesus did. We want to do things greater than Jesus did. He said that we would do greater things. And uh, that's where we're going to. And those greater things is not just the miracle signs and wonders these days, because you see a lot of that uh, with miracles. You see a lot of signs and wonders, and of course you, and you hear of a lot of things. You I saw an angel and I was with Gabriel and things of that nature. But the, if you'll notice, a lot of that stuff that's being said, there's no character of Jesus. There's no real true spirit of God that is on it. it there's, there's nothing of Jesus that's about it. Uh, there's not a character of that spirit that's even sometimes on their words because they're really not walking out the things of God. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to actually become the very nature of Jesus Christ as he walked the earth. And uh, he, that spirit is uh, constantly uh, birthing us and, and causing us to renew our minds and causing us to be conformed and transformed into the image of God. If we behold him and hear his voice and do the things that he tells us to do, we will actually have living waters flowing out of our belly. Now, I want to read this because uh, it's a focal point of everything that we're going to be talking about in this first stage. And it's in John 7, 30, 37 uh, through 39. It says, on the last day, that, that great day of the feast, this is the latter part, latter day of the tabernacles, Feast of Tabernacles, says Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst." let him come to me and drink. And, and I love this one because there's so many parallels. I woke up this morning and I, I was asking the Lord, you know, what is it that you'd like to share? I know I've, I've, I've written my notes down, but what is it that you would like to maybe share from heaven, something fresh that you would like to actually uh, share, you know, and I asked him about these things and, he said, you know, Brad, this is exactly how he told me. He said, I had to wait till Lazarus was stinking dead for him to come forth. Now think about that. He had to wait for Lazarus to be stinking dead to come forth. That's the way that the Lord speaks to me a lot of times is he will give me uh, these parables uh, to search out. And, and, and knowledge hit my brain so, so much, you know, Lazarus was a follower of Jesus. He was actually one of Jesus's best friends. And, uh, and but he got to a point to where he got sick, he became sick and he ended up dying. And then Jesus left him there, you know, they buried him. Uh, they, uh, Mary and, and uh, Martha, they were wondering where, where Jesus was. They even said that, you know, if you would have been here, you know, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And, and of course, a lot of us get to that point. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten sick or things have gotten worse and worse and worse in your life. And uh, to the point to where you feel like you can't do anything, you've prayed, you said, and you're saying, Lord, where are you? I can't believe you're not here. I can't believe you're not doing anything about it. 
But the thing about it is Mary and Martha uh, and his friends couldn't figure out, didn't know the ways of the spirit. And they were saying, man, if you would have, if you would have been here, this stuff wouldn't have happened. Y'all ever done that to your husband or your wife or your friend? Man, if you would have been here on time, this stuff would have never happened. But uh, what happened was actually what needed to be done to actually show the glory of this of God, the glory of the Holy Spirit, the glory of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God wanted to show his glory, to show who Jesus truly was. And uh, so they waited until it got stinking thinking. You know, we got stinking thinking with Mary and Martha and stinking thinking with the friends. Everybody's wondering what is, what is he doing? He's coming here late. And, uh, and everybody thinks it's too late. And uh, Jesus goes to the, you know, to the tomb and does something that we, we all know that we've read before. But I want to go back to this thing. It says, if anyone thirsts, and that's the thing. Sometimes the Lord would get you to a place to where you thirst for him, to where you truly believe. You get so desperate to believe in him because he's all you got. We have so much in this world that gets our attention. We have so much in this world that gives us a drink that satisfies our, our carnality, our own desires. But sometimes God is so merciful, he allows that stuff to go dry to where there's nothing you can actually hold on to that gives you pleasure, that gives you your own desires. And he allows that stuff to die out and then you become thirsty. And then you start crying out to the spirit of God. You start crying out to Jesus and you're saying, Okay, Lord, I give up. I'll do everything you tell me. Okay, Lord, I'm here. I've lost everything, you know, or I can't do anything about this situation. I give up. I've been to counselors. I've been to prayers. I've been to, you know, everything else, but it's not working. What's going on? And then he finally, after you get thirsty, he gives you a drink. And then you come to the Lord. If you read that, it said, let him come to me and drink. Come to him and drink. And that's what we do. It says, and he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And I want you to, let's turn over there real quickly to, uh, to Romans 8, because I really want to hit this, because it, it's very important that we hit this thing. Listen, uh, you know, in Philippians, uh, it talks about how God humbled himself and made himself of no reputation and came in the likeness of man. And you see Jesus, you get being born by the spirit. And then he comes out uh, as, as a, in the likeness of this man and ends up having to go through the same desperations, the same temptations yet without sin as we do. He had to learn obedience by the things that he suffered. He had to learn obedience to the spirit 
by the things he suffered. In other words, there were so many, there were a lot of chaotic things that happened in Jesus's life, which actually taught him how to focus and obey the spirit more than situations. But you suffer through these things so that you can learn to be obedient to the spirit. And that's why it's so important right now. The spirit of God is probably the, one of the most important things to focus on because Jesus came so that we could have eternal life. And that eternal life came from the Holy Spirit, from the spirit of God. And he poured out himself so that we could have the same spirit that quickened Jesus's body, mortal body out of the grave. Now think about that. He went from mortality to immortality, but the spirit had all that spirit had uh, uh, its way in doing this. this. It was the spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It wasn't just Jesus himself. It was the spirit of God that raised him from the dead. And it was because Jesus heard, listened to his voice and he would actually heed it. Now, I want you to think about this. You know, Jesus is dead for three days. You know, after the fourth day with Lazarus, you know, he stinketh. And I want you to read this uh, Romans 8. It says, well, let's start in uh, yeah, Romans yeah, 8. Let's start in Romans 8, verse 9. But you are not of the, in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not of, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him, I want to get to this one, who raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And that's powerful. Now I'm going to turn over to uh, Lazarus and I want you to, to watch this because uh, it's very important because we're going to see this process. It not uh, this process happened with Jesus but Jesus is going to shadow the process of what will happen to him with Lazarus. The spirit of God is about to speak through Jesus, use Jesus to reflect what is about to really happen uh, to Jesus himself, what the spirit of God is going to do to even Jesus. Because remember, if anyone hears his voice, right? We got to hear his voice. My sheep hear his voice. And he said, the, that the dead will hear his voice and they will come out from the graves. And remember that the dead will hear his voice. And they did. They heard his voice and they rose from the dead. When he went down into Sheol, when he, and he brought them all up, they heard his voice and they heeded to it because they were dead. They were at the point of being very thirsty, desperate, waiting on, on this wonderful man called Jesus and they heard his voice and they came from the dead. Isn't that awesome? But isn't it amazing that Jesus had to hear his father's voice as well to come forth from the dead, which I love that. Let's, let's watch this thing. 
Uh, let's do John uh, 11, verse 38. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, he came to the tomb. I tell you what, let's uh, let's go all the way up there because this was a, uh, let's read the whole thing because it will give us a little bit of a background on how the spirit actually works in our life. Here we go. I won't go all the way up here. I love this. <clears throat> it says, verse 20, Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, <laughs> if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Now, she just said, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. But really, she's really not believing. And so, and then he says, well, your brother's going to rise again. And then she goes, yeah, I know it's, you know, in the resurrection. And how many of you guys do that? You know, when, when you hear, well, God's going to come through, you're going to get out of this. You're going to come down this other side. Yeah, I know. Well, praise the Lord. You know, and you kind of just slough it off. And you really don't believe, but you're saying it just, you know, by tongue in cheek, but you really don't believe it. And, and he says, your brother won't rise again. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now, we got to understand that Jesus is listening to the Spirit. And it's the Spirit of God through Jesus actually speaking and saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Because Jesus was the embodiment of the Spirit of God. God was Spirit. Then he came upon the earth and made himself in the likeness of man. So there stands the spirit of God speaking through this vessel. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. He didn't say if he dies. He says, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ and the son of God who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary and her sister saying, the teacher has come and is calling you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out and followed her, saying she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came there where Jesus was, get that, people that were with her were assuming she's going to go back to the past or go back to the tomb. But instead of that, she goes where Jesus was. See, that's the key. We have got to go where the water source is. You can't go back to your past. You can't go back to tombs. You got to go back 
you got to go back to those places where the water source is. She's going to her water source, which is the Spirit of God, standing there. And it says, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? <laughs> and they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the blind also have kept this man from dying? Even the people are saying, hey, Jesus must have messed up. He really missed this one. It didn't turn out like we thought. He must not really be hearing the Lord. You ever been like that way toward the spirit? You start saying, Lord must have really missed it. Lord must not, he didn't want me to have it, or he didn't come through, or you ever had all those excuses, all of those crowds that are whispering in your head say these things. Then it says, then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and it was, it was a cave. It was a what? It was a cave. See, God waits till we get implanted in a cave where it's dark where you're isolated and there's a, even, it's like there's a stone. In other words, a stumbling block that you can't even overcome. You can't get out. That's one stumbling block has kept you in the cave. You ever have one stumbling block that's kept you in the cave <laughs> and it caused you to die and you stink it. You, you don't even, you don't even smell like yourself. You smell like somebody else or you smell like this. You smell like that. You smell like roadkill. And then God allows that stone to be rolled and you, you're, you feel like you're, you can't get over the hump and you, you feel terrible and God waits for that moment for you to get thirsty. He waits for that moment for when you're so dead that your ears get open. Oh, you got to get that one. He waits till you're so dead till your ears get open. Believe it or not, folks, this is where we're going. It's going to be awesome. But if we don't, if we don't get it, a lot of us could miss it. And we grumble and complain and, and we miss going into the, this next promised land. And so after, Jesus, after Lazarus has been, had a, has, has been put in a cave, after he has died, and after there has been a stone that's been rolled in front of his face, he's been wrapped up with all of this garb uh, and he can't move and he's stinking. Jesus comes. The spirit of God comes because Jesus, when he spoke, you know, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. He wasn't saying that because he was just saying because he knew he was the man. It's because Jesus himself, understood how it worked because Jesus was the first one that had to believe in him, in his father, in the spirit. And every time he believed more in the spirit, more out of his heart would flow rivers of living water. The spirit would take over. The spirit of God would flow through him. I mean, how many trials, how many desert moments, how many times did 
his father put him in deserted places or in, in angry places or in dead places? How many times did the Spirit of God lead him into the wilderness to be tempted? It wasn't just at that one time when he got baptized. That was just the, the reflection of what he was going to have to overcome because from that stand, from that point on, he was going to be led into desert, deserted places, into wildernesses, and he was going to have to lean on the Spirit of God, where the true living water is, so that wherever he is placed, rivers of living water would flow out into the deserted area, and it would cause it to be a garden again. Think about that. If you have living waters, God will put you in a desert so you can make the desert a garden. But we got to remember that because he did that to his, his son as well. Are you getting it? All right, here we go. <clears throat> They're wondering if he could do anything. And it says, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was, uh, the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the, pl the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, Spirit, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing by. I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So he's trying to point them to the spirit. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was open his face was wrapped with a cloth and jesus said to said to him loose him and let him go here's the key if you want to hear god die because it's only the dead that hear the voice of god it's not the ones that actually think that they're living it's not those that that brag on how they are in Christ Jesus. It, it's the ones that are completely dead are the ones that have the Dumbo ears, are the ones that actually can hear the Lord. He said the dead will hear the Lord. The dead will hear his voice. And those that are dead to their own life, those that are dead to their own will, to their own ways, get to hear the voice of God. They get to hear the Spirit. They get to walk in the Spirit. And Lazarus was dead enough to get his ears open. And when his ears were open, he was able to rise up. In other words, obey his voice and come out of the grave. A dead man heard the voice of God, got up himself because he heard it. That's what happens with us. When you hear the spirit of God, it causes you to arise up yourself instead of depending on others. It causes you to rise up yourself and come out of your situation. In other words, it causes you to overcome the grave, overcome the graves of your mind. 
if you start listening to the Spirit of God. It's, it's huge. Same thing that happened to Jesus. They put him in a cave. They put him in a, in a, in a cemetery. They put him in this place, uh, a new tomb. They rolled a stone in front of it. Same thing that happened to him. And the Spirit of God called him out and said, Jesus, come forth. He waited long. He waited three days, prolonged his resurrection. And then the Spirit of God spoke to a dead man, and the dead man heard. It's because Jesus was dead all along. He, he was dead through his whole life. He learned to lay, lay down his life daily. He learned to take up his cross. He learned to stay in that place of not his will, but the Father's will. So Jesus was a walking dead man anyway, but a living God on the earth because he listened to the Spirit. It's huge. I'll show you. I love this, and y'all probably heard me say, say this thing before in John 3. This he's talking to uh, Joseph of Arimathea or Nicodemus. And uh, he's trying to describe to him the spirit. Even Jesus knows that you have to walk in the spirit in order to live. Even God knows to walk, to truly walk in your true destiny, which is being transformed in the character of God and having the mind of the spirit. You've got to walk in the spirit. Heck, even Jesus had to be born of the spirit in order to become the true man that Christ designed from the beginning. Think about that. You have to get into this place to walk in the spirit in order to be the true design that God had designed from the beginning. And it says this, he's saying in verse five, uh, John three, it says, Jesus answered and said, most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. And the only person that was born of the spirit at this time speaking this was Jesus. Think about that. So he's sharing his own testimony. He's basically saying, I have learned to die to trying to figure out where the voice is coming from or where the spirit is coming from and even where he's going to take me. I have just learned to walk with him without control. So every day I, I learn to lay down my life, my will for his will. And that's the one of the first foundations of walking in the spirit is that you have to learn to lay down your good ideas for God ideas. You have to learn to lay down your own desires for his desires. You've got to learn to allow there to be trials to come into your life and learn how to take them with joy. You've got to learn to be able to take all these accusations that come against you 
as a, as a sign that the spirit of God is actually speaking. We have to learn how to actually embrace these times that God puts us in so that because every time that God puts us in every situation that we're in, there is something in that situation where the spirit of God is speaking. But if we do not catch these things and walk in the spirit, we'll find ourselves looking at all situations through our own mind and you'll find yourself getting offended. I mean, there's no telling. I mean, I was a, uh, you know, a, a member of a church for many years, you know, uh, years ago when I was younger. And I remember my mind wanting to leave because I was looking at everything through my perspective, thinking that that was discernment. And it was making me mad. I saw a lot of religious stuff. And I was saying, man, th there's no grace here. There's nothing here. Uh, uh, it's too hard. There's a lot of religious people. I can't get along with people. I just don't fit in. All of those things that, you know, that really try to cause your mind to think that you're having discernment. And, and I finally just got so desperate and dead and miserable. I said, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? You know, I thought he, he was on my, you know, brainwave. He said, you're already there. You're already right in my hand. You're in the perfect place. All of this is my hand that you're seeing trying to conform you into my image. And if you don't see it through my spirit, through my eyes, you'll find yourself getting offended and jump off the table, the potter's hand. You'll jump off the potter table and you'll do your own thing. So uh, I had to start learning to walk by the spirit. I had to start listening to his voice. And the crazy thing about it is when I started listening to his voice and I started believing upon him, then out of my heart, it didn't matter what situation that I was in. It didn't matter what kind of religious church. It didn't matter what kind of people I was around. If I would listen to him out of my heart would flow rivers of living water. I would enter into the kingdom. That's why he said no one is born of, uh, unless one is born of water and the spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. That means that if I would listen to the kingdom of God or listen to the spirit, then I would enter into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not just a kingdom of, you know, houses and mansions. And, you know, some people see things in heavens that not too good, but uh, strange things. It's not all about that. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so when I would listen to the spirit of God and I would obey him, and so my, my so-called discernment out of my heart would flow righteousness. Think about that. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and then joy would come back in the Holy Ghost. But if I don't listen to his voice and obey it, I can't get in. In other words, that those rivers of living water, remember plural, we'll get to that in the next teaching. Rivers of living water means there is so much more than just that. But that's just the beginning. There'll be many tributaries of God that you'll be able to enter into if we start following the Holy Spirit. That's huge. That is huge. 
And then I, I remember walking on the golf course years ago when I finally gave my heart back to the Lord. And of course, the Lord waited to a point where I was dead too. And uh, man, then I could really get him. And then I really hurt him. And that was when he told me, you know, you either follow me or you don't. And that was the end. But I remember giving my heart to him. And as soon as I said, Jesus, I'll do it. I just, I just want to follow you. I mean, I was just so desperate. Immediately out of my heart started flowing rivers of living water. I started feeling clean again because I finally adhered to the spirit. That's why your life feels so much better if you start heeding to the spirit because out of your heart flows that those rivers. It'll spring up a well in you that will never run dry. And I remember walking down a golf course, this, this uh, fairway at a golf course, and I can't, I don't know how to uh, say this except just say it this way, and it was very strange. Uh, the Holy Spirit inside of me, it's like he breathed on his own. I felt him. I literally felt him within me breathe, breathe into my lungs. It's like he took over my will for just a moment. And I felt him go. And when he did, when he did it, it's like he lived in me instead of me, instead of my, the old Brad living, he took over for just a moment. And for a moment, I felt what it's like to be resurrected. I wanted to walk off the golf course. That was it. That was enough. And I thought, and I started tearing up as I was trying to walk, go find my ball. I was in the rough, of course. And I was, and I, I was tearing up thinking, oh my God, was that, is that what it's like toward where it's you living? Because it's no, that was no longer me living. It was you living in me. Like Paul says, Christ in him lives. The spirit of God in him lives. That's who Christ is, the spirit of God. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And that's where we're going. So I want you to study that. I want you to keep reading this, uh, this John 7, verse 37, and re go back and read the, the story of Lazarus. Because uh, after this, we're going to start, we're going to focus on rivers. We're going to focus on water because we need to get the foundation of what rivers mean. And we're going to go to that in our next session. And uh, we're going to change this thing to where we can get on this webinar and uh, uh, get it all fixed. So, I apologize for not it not being completely up. You know how it goes when you first start things, you're going to make mistakes. People are going to not do their job or, you know, whatever. It just, that's just the way it works. Uh, there's always chaos to brand new things. Don't ever forget that. There's always chaos to brand new things. Don't do not give up on your thing that God has uh, put in your life. There's always going to be a chaos in your new thing. And it will try to get you to, uh, to give up. But the chaos has got to come so that the Spirit of God can actually create something. It allows you to be dead to your control so that God can actually move for you. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you next week, hopefully on the webinar. And we will, I'll announce it and let you know that it's all fixed on Facebook. All right. See you. Love you.